Inside the Coach's Headset, presented by Tony Smith, your hometown shelter insurance agent. Call Tony at 528-7079. 528-7079. The X's and O's of coaching from the Upper Cumberland's best as we go Inside the Coach's Headset. Hey, welcome everybody to Inside the Coach's Headset. I'm your host, Amos Rogan. Thank you so much and Happy New Year uh, to everyone who is listening. We've got a, a really special guest today, one that has come through uh, uh, the Upper Cumberland High School down in White County, but also at Tennessee Tech and now uh, is a minor league pitcher for the Chicago Cubs organization, uh, Ethan Roberts. Ethan, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you for coming, and we are sponsored by Tony Smith, your shelter insurance agent. Call Tony at 528-7079, or go visit him at 425 East Broad Street right here in Cookville for all your insurance needs. Hey, Ethan, uh, really appreciate you coming. Happy New Year. We want to talk to you a little bit about uh, uh, your career coming up through as a baseball player in the Upper Cumberland, but also uh, you know how how's things going for you uh, thus far. So, uh, once you kind of get into that, I know that you're still kind of a fairly new dad. So congratulations Thank on that. You, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but just kind of tell us how you're doing and, and, and what's going on right now in your life. Everything is good by the grace of God. Um, I'm still, you know, living in Sparta, um, working a little, little job where my dad works, uh, making a little money in the off season. Um, enjoying my time with my wife and my son, Bryson. Uh, he's growing like a weed. It's insane. But he's almost <laughs> taking his first steps. He's getting his teeth and all that good jazz. Oh, but he's doing great. The fun's the fun is fixing yeah. to begin. I know, right? You, <laughs> you got to keep up with him. Yeah. <laughs> but everything's going good. I'm also doing uh, pitching lessons on the side, which I really enjoy. Kind of trying. You know, I've I've picked up pieces from coaches from everywhere so i try and bring that back to to home so well you know you know at white county uh you know you won a lot of awards uh, you know and, and was a very dominant pitcher in in, in the district uh, played shortstop and pitched mm-hmm. if i if i recall That's right. uh but uh you know coach sean floyd down there great guy great uh family guy for sure, and and know Sean uh, on a pretty good level. Uh, tell us how what you picked up from him, and just how that how that uh, the White County baseball program got you going. Obviously, you there's no doubt you've got talent, but sometimes talent uh, that that isn't really showcased or really pushed doesn't really manifest itself to its fullest potential. Tell us how. Coach Floyd got you on that on that path. Absolutely, and to to start with Coach Floyd, he's he's a great guy. Like you said, he's a family guy. He puts God first, and that's what he instills in every player. Mm-hmm. He first and foremost tells you about what his religion is, basically. And you know, he he comes out and he's like, "All right, look, God's number one. Everything else comes after that." So early on, which my parents instilled the same thing in me, so that's always important to me. Um, Number two, just I respect him as a man and as a father himself. He's a he's a great guy. Um, he was a good coach for me in high school. In high school, I was a wild child. I just, you know, I was like a chicken with my head cut off. I was going in all different directions. Mm-hmm. Um, him and um, our assistant coach at that time, which was the pitching coach, his name's Andy Southard. Oh, yeah. They both, they both kind of kept me on my toes and kind of calmed me down really more than anything. Like, 
mentally wise when I was in when I was in high school, I would get mad and I would just fly off the handle. And then they got me back to where I was mentally sound, where I could take a deep breath, get back in the game and do what I know to do. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Um, they helped me more in that regard, basically making me mature faster than I would if I wasn't there, if if they weren't there for me. So, And, and you know, I, I guess you, know, you had to take on the responsibility within that team and, and, and not saying anybody else on the team wasn't good Absolutely. or anything like that. But everybody knew you're the number one pitcher. For sure. you're, you're you're the guy that that uh, had to be relied on. You're the yeah. guy that had to perform. If you didn't perform, then it was going to be a struggle to probably yeah. win the game if you were on the mound. Absolutely. And my coaches, you know, they come out and they say that. Like when you have somebody that's out there, you know, you'd say everybody knows that kid's good, whatever. Mm-hmm. But what they helped me with was not basically putting the team on my back, but working together as a team. Right. With me as the head. Basically is what it was. Mm-hmm. Um all the guys there, I love them to death, talk to them still today. I love every kid I played with back in high school. Um they were my best friends. And same with college. All those guys, holy cow. <laughs> They're my best friends. You'll never ever have a brotherhood like a high school or a college team. When when did you you know, obviously I know you played baseball basically all your life but mm-hmm. but when did you when did you know that this could really have a chance to manifest itself into what you're doing today well i always dreamed that it would happen um i can look back at nine years old and i started travel ball heavy when i was nine i'm grateful to my dad for letting me do that um but that's when i was nine I, it was my dream but when i got into around my into my freshman year of college, I had a good idea. Mm-hmm. So, well, and and um, you know, playing just down the road here at Tennessee Tech, mm-hmm. and, and uh, what are the some of the other schools that were recruiting you at the time uh, and taking a look at you? Uh, that's an easy question. There was none. Really? Yeah. There wow, I did not know that. So, um, I got like an unwritten kind of offer from. Uh, community college where some guys have went in the past from Sparta, mm-hmm. uh, Roan State Community College. Mm-hmm. The guy kind of looked at me and he was like, what do you want? I have a blank checkbook. And I just kind of, I was like, I don't know. And I never heard from him again. And then my only offer after that was Tennessee Tech. And I committed really early. I was in my sophomore summer. And so I would have, you know, like ETSU, MTSU, teams like that around right. the same caliber of Tennessee Tech. Mm-hmm. They would come up to me and they would ask me my, my name and like everything and stuff. At, at tournaments and showcases and they would be like oh you're that kid coming to tech right and i'd say yes and they would be like oh okay i have a good one <laughs> but yes tennessee tech was my only offer out of high school that's 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 cool uh, yeah. and that and playing for tech and coach braga coach matt braga who unbelievable um uh, i think uh quite honestly uh i'm not gonna say he was underappreciated because i know how many people really appreciated sure. him in the, in the community but in the same sense, I don't think we knew what we had when he so was long. here. Yeah. yeah. Because uh, the program that he built so quietly, mm-hmm. completely under the radar, um, and, and then boom, you show up with, with, I mean, bombers coming up to the plate, yeah. you know, just <laughs> killing the ball. Yeah. Um, I, I went to, I, I actually, I went to, um, 
the MTSU game, mm-hmm. uh, and I think you guys beat them like twenty-seven to seven or something <laughs> like, like nine home runs or something. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean it was ridiculous. <laughs> and and uh, um, if some of y'all have not figured out who is listening to this podcast, I love baseball, so <laughs> I could talk for hours doing this. But um, you know, just walking out on the field, you could tell it didn't matter if you were in the OVC, the mm-hmm. SEC. The ACC, it doesn't matter. You guys were a team to be reckoned with. Absolutely. And, and and just how – talk to us about Mac Braga and, and the, just the influence that, that he made on you, but just how he built that program. Well, he absolutely knew how to make a team come together and team camaraderie and brothership. Um, he was another guy that was God's at the center, mm-hmm. and he made sure everybody knew that. Um you know, we don't charge to get into our games. That was one thing. But those fans are our fans, and he taught us how to treat people, how to treat them right, and how to make them feel welcome. So I think it's just on the surface, he knows how to treat somebody, and mm-hmm. he knows, you know, how to treat someone the best way. Um, but as a coach, if he didn't know, he would find somebody that knew. But he knew a lot. He's yeah. the best coach I ever had. And I don't know if I'll ever have another one better. Um, like you said, I don't know if the Upper Cumberland really realized what they had until like the last three years. And the year before I got there, they had a ton of guys drafted too. It was the 2015 year. They had mm-hmm. a ton of guys drafted that year too. So, I mean, it had been it had been going on for a while, but nobody really realized what was going on there. He was building a, building a huge, huge, huge um, team there and a, and a huge program there. We're talking with uh, Ethan Roberts, a White County High School graduate, Tennessee Tech uh, baseball uh, player, and uh, in the minors with the Chicago Cubs uh, right here on Inside the Coach's Headset. Ethan, uh, in your in your Tennessee Tech career, 67 games uh, you appeared in, 245 strikeouts, ERA of a 2.93. Uh, you obviously had to work hard to get those types of numbers, you know, and, 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 you know, you just don't show up one day and go, Hey, I'm a pitcher. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Talk to us a little bit about how you've had to take care of your body. And, Mm -hmm. and obviously I'm sure you've had some, some bumps and bruises and, and some strains and things Mm -hmm. like that. Talk to us about how you're going to, how you're having to take care of your body, especially now, uh, that you're at the even at a, a higher level okay so um well I come in my my freshman year and my recruiting class that I came in with was huge like we had a kid that was six eight we had a kid that was six four two two twenty five two forty like I, I mean they were, they were big kids and I come in there all of five ten one sixty five soaking wet and I'm like holy cow what's going on here do I fit here mm-hmm. and so I just you know I decided one day I was like I'm going to work my tail off to try and earn a spot. And this is where Coach Braga comes back into the picture. Early on in my career at Tennessee Tech, he put his neck out on the line and put me out there very first game of the year. And I knew I wasn't going to let him down. And that's the kind of coach he is. He instills in you that you're not going to let me down. Mm-hmm. And so um, fast forward to the last year I was there, my junior year, I believe that at any point and within any – of that playoff run, any guy on that bench would have ran through a brick wall for that guy. Mm-hmm. So it was crazy. But going back to the question, yeah, um, I, I didn't really have a ton of 
problems, honestly. I mean, yeah, you get strains and aches and pains, but I didn't have anything major by the grace of God, but I, I enjoyed yeah. my time. Um, I got out on the field anytime he asked me to. I didn't ever tell him, you know, if I was sore, if I wasn't, because I was playing for my team. I wasn't playing for myself. Well, and, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm thinking probably the biggest moment in your tech career was going out and pitching those four innings in the Super Regional at, mm-hmm. at, at Texas mm-hmm. and really, you know, shutting it down, five to four victory mm-hmm. over there. Being such, you know, uh, University of Texas has a, a pretty rich baseball mm-hmm. tradition, history, um, you know, long-time coach that they had there for, for so long and everything. Um, how did that feel, stepping out there in kind of enemy <laughs> territory and you're coming in on the backside and, and and having to, you know, basically shut it down? Mm-hmm. Well, on that stage, it did feel different. But in that situation – I had been doing that all year. He had been grooming me for that all year. So I felt comfortable. Mm-hmm. What we would do on in that year, my junior year, uh, what we would do was on Fridays, Travis Moss, awesome dude, great athlete, he would pitch. He was our Friday guy. He would pitch, and he would go as far as he could go. And then I was after him. That was our Friday every week. Mm-hmm. So he was grooming me for that. Little did I know, every week, boom, boom, doing the same thing. And so when I got out there, I was like, okay, I'm finishing this game. Four innings. You don't see that out of a typical closer. No. Because I wasn't. I really, I don't think I was a typical closer, even though that's what I was called. He called it a um, competitive moment role, is what he called it. <laughs> <laughs> so I would come in whenever, you know, stuff got rough. Right. And so, if I remember correctly, there were a couple of guys on base. Travis kind of ran out of gas or something like that. And... uh so I came in, and I, I mean, I, I just felt comfortable there. But then I get out there, and I look around, and I'm like, holy cow. I can feel the ground, boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, okay, this is pretty cool, you know? Yeah. But uh, that that game right there and the when I had to start at Old Miss was literally the two-headed giant of my baseball career so far. That was the two coolest things I've ever done. I bet. And – most of your career, you've had that kind of quote unquote closure role mm-hmm. uh, with Tech, and even now in in the minors, um, there's a different mentality there from from a starting pitcher. A starting yeah. pitcher is they're a marathon guy for sure. Uh, closers, they're the intimidating, dare you to hit this? Yeah. Here it comes, you know, yeah. type of type of mentality. Where did you get that, or do you think that was just kind of bred into you? So. It took a minute. Um, my freshman year, I would come in late middle of the game, you know, kind of like I kind of like I was, but I would pitch a little bit longer. Like I would go four innings, five innings, whatever. Um, but Coach Braga's dad, Larry, mm-hmm. Larry Braga, he, um, we would do mental imagery every week, almost every day of every week, pretty much. <laughs> he loved that stuff, but I, he got me to love it too. And um, we would literally lay out on the grass in the field. And he would give us our role, and we would imagine what would happen, and we would see it vividly with our eyes closed. Hmm. So it was really cool. I mean, it sounds weird, but it works. So that's where I kind of adopted the role of being a shutdown, mad dog, relief pitcher. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so many pitchers that you see in the majors right now, they're big guys. Yeah. You know, long, lean, uh, 
you know, not everybody is a CC Sabathia where yeah. it's like these, you know, he's a defensive tackle, mm-hmm. you know, on on the mound, anything like that. But a lot of pitchers, um, they are, you know, six foot plus, you know, For type sure. of thing. Uh, I looked up on um, the the uh, uh, minor minor league website. You're listed as five eleven, one seventy five. That's generous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and and you know, I I know your speed. You know, mm-hmm. you're 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 low to mid nineties mm-hmm. with your fastball. You know, good breaking ball. You know, the type of thing. We're you know, and and I've told people like uh, people before. This guy gets every ounce of energy from his toenails to the top of his head mm-hmm. into every pitch. Where did you get those mechanics? <laughs> a bunch of different guys. Um, like I said, I was grateful enough to play travel ball. My dad was grateful, and I was grateful enough. My dad would, you know, take me everywhere I needed to go. Um, and I'll never, ever, ever forget that. And that was good times we spent together too on the road and stuff like that. Um, but there were, I mean, I had probably five different people I would go to lessons to at a time. Over over a course of like seven years, mm-hmm. I had like five or six different people that I'd learned from. So it was really cool. Um, to start my first professional season, uh, my agent is big buddies with a guy named Tom House. I don't know if you're uh, mm-hmm. familiar with him. He's His big success story is like Tom Brady and Drew Brees. Yeah. Got them back and got them feeling good. So I got to go to his camp last year before my season started. And wow. he's a guru, man. It's unreal. Huh. So, But for to be honest, getting all of my body into it, I've just I'm all 110 percent since right. I was since I was five. Right. Well, so I think that helps. <laughs> I, I don't know if you remember this. I used to do softball, you know, because I had two daughters. Yeah, I remember. And, and we used to do the softball workouts mm-hmm. in in a church gym in Sparta. And you showed up one time, and one of the parents said, "Let him throw into the net." <laughs> and I thought, I you know, or no, I take that back. They said. Let you catch one because I was a catcher, you know, and they, and they said just just catch one. I'm like, no, I I have not squatted down and caught a pitch in so many years, and this kid's gonna put one right in between my eyes. So you threw one into a into a net, mm-hmm. a hitting net, and and the sound of that ball coming out of your hand and into that net. I thought, thank God, I didn't catch it, but um. You know, but that right there just showed me, yeah. hey, you you do it right. You know, because so many people rely on upper body strength and just sure. arm strength, and then suddenly you hear two years later they're getting Tommy John. For sure. And that's why mainly I want to come back and do these lessons for these kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had around 25 different kids so far. And if I can pass on something to them, I'm going to keep them healthy. Well, you know – I know that you know this. Um, back when you were at Tech, and and it's even happened, and uh, I'm sure at some degree, uh, when uh, you were with, this past year was South Bend, mm-hmm. and, and even Myrtle Beach, you know, playing in and around this area. Um, the support from the community, from Sparta, uh, oh, yeah. in, in particular, when you were at Tennessee Tech. There was always someone always. <laughs> there, you know, from Sparta going, yeah. I'm going to watch Ethan play. Well, Ethan may not have been playing that day, yeah, but it doesn't matter. We're going to be there just in case he does get out That's there. That's right. And 
how how do you continue to feel that community support and and you're wanting to give back to that community? Sparta's always going to be home to me. That's where I'm going to live. That's where I'm going to raise my kids. And that's where I'm going to die. Sparta, Tennessee is where I want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, believe it or not, I had a lot of people come to South Bend and I had a lot of people come to Myrtle Beach, which was awesome. So I got to show them around and get them on the field and do all that stuff. But I felt like I needed to do more because those same people were in the stands when I was at Tech. Mm-hmm. So it was like, it's not like they're just showing up because I'm in the minor leagues now. It's like they've been there all the time. Right. So I feel like I will forever owe the community of Sparta. Well, you know, I, I, you see, and I'm not saying uh, any other community that might be listening to this podcast is, is any different because I know that uh, everyone is proud of the kids that, that are – that come out and are able to do big things in the world that come out of the upper Cumberland. But I have noticed, uh, you know, the kid, the kids from Sparta that are playing at tech yourself, when you were out on the field, Sparta would show up. Mm-hmm. Kate, Kate Crossland, uh, senior basketball player right now at Tennessee tech. There's a Sparta section in Hooper Eblen every, every, time. every home game <laughs> uh, in support. Uh, but there's other ones, you know, the 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 folks in ba- in Baxter at Upperman with uh, Akira Le- uh, Levy, who mm-hmm. you know has played at Missouri and yeah. now she's at Vanderbilt and everything. It, it's it's a special place growing up in this area. It is, and um, it's very genuine. It is, and, and uh, I don't know if any of your teammates have ever made any comments like that of you know you being a rock star because people are showing up. <laughs> I had my own section, and they'd say, there's the Sparta section. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. Every game, man. That's cool. Um, had a great minor league season, you know, last year. Uh, 54 strikeouts, 2.59 ERA. Uh, hitters only hit uh, a 241 against you, which is, you know, barely two out of ten times they got they got a <laughs> hit on you. Um, and, and being – really between two clubs mm-hmm. uh this past year you started out at south bend mm-hmm. uh coming from oregon or yeah. um eugene oregon, eugene yeah. oregon starting out being drafted um and and let, before we get into that let's talk about that june 27 2018 you signed with the chicago cubs organization yeah. talk to us about how number one how did you feel <laughs> and i know that i know the feeling was good but um talk to us about that day about how it happened and, and just the whirlwind the whirlwind that I'm sure that it was yeah of that day so the the draft day was more special to me than the signing day uh draft day was the 6th of June and we were on our way back from Ole Miss and we were on a bus and so I'm talking to my agent and it's like madness around this time and so this is day two. So day two is rounds two through ten. Mm-hmm. I had no idea I was going to go two through ten. I said, what do you think, man? And he said, just keep your phone on. You never know. And I was like, okay, sure. And I put my phone in my pocket on silent. I was like, this dude's just pulling my leg. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, we go and we we eat at Zaxby's. We stopped and ate at Zaxby's as a team. And we went through Ross. Uh, if anybody knows me, I like my shoes. So we were looking at Ross, just looking around. We got back on the bus. And I got my phone out to turn my music back on, and he was calling me. And I was like, this guy. And I answered the phone. I said, what's up, man? And he goes, 
just say yes to this and you're going to the Cubs in the fourth round. And I said, what did you just say? He said, just say yes. That's all I need to know. I only got a few seconds. And I said, yes. And he goes, all right, refresh your feed on Twitter and it's going to show up. So I went to the draft board on Twitter and I refreshed my feed and it popped up. And I just was like, holy cow. And at this point, none of my teammates knew. Wow. And so I'm sitting up in the front of my bus with one of my best dudes. Um, his name's Tyler McGill. He's my best man at my wedding. <laughs> so anyway, I was sitting with him and he's like, and I was just sitting there staring at the back of the seat and he goes, dude, are you all right? And I was like, dude, I just got drafted to the Cubs in the fourth round. And he was like, no, you didn't. And I was like, yeah, dude, I really did. Like, I, I did not expect it. See, I was from what everything, it leads up to it and you kind of, kind of figure out where you're going to go. Right. I was thinking 15, 16, uh, which would be day three, which would be the whole next day. Mm -hmm. And so then it just, I was like, oh my goodness. So I just broke down. I started crying. This is everything I ever wanted. First, the person I called is my my wife. Second person I called is my dad. <laughs> and then that, it spread like wildfire. After oh that. yeah, it did. But so that that day, because I was with my teammates, all my teammates would come up, give me fist bumps, give me hugs, proud of you, brother, you know, everything like that. So that day, honestly, to me, is more special than the signing day. So after that that day, we go play at Texas, whatever, do all that. We come back, and I have you know from almost the tenth of uh, June to the twenty seventh when I signed. So I stayed at home for like two weeks before I even left to go to Arizona. Oh wow. So then I go to Arizona. Um, I have to go through all the physicals and all that stuff. Um, and then uh there's they would bring you in in groups of five and you would get your paperwork. And I had my wife there with me. She flew out there with me. Um and I went into this room, a small room with one or two guys, um, one or two of the the workers with the Cubs. And it was like when I put that ink to paper, I could see different images of games that I had played and places I had been and coaches I've learned from flash before my mind. It was it was crazy. I just saw everything at once. And then he was like, Welcome to Chicago Cubs and I stood up and I shook his hand and I was like, That just happened. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah. And, and you know, now uh you know, going into your third season mm -hmm. in, in in the minors, um, you know, you've went kind of what I would perceive to be as far, you know, all the way through the A ball, the single mm -hmm. A, you know, the, the rookie league, mega level. Now you're in advanced, you know, mm -hmm. in Myrtle Beach. Next stop would be potentially uh, Knoxville mm -hmm. at, with the uh, with the Smokies. Yeah. Um, when when you you know obviously well first when do you uh, report for spring training? So there was a camp uh, that was supposed to be starting the twenty fourth of this month. Okay, um, it's called Instructs. A lot of teams do it right after the end of the season. The Cubs do it right before spring training, which I like. Mm -hmm. So um, I got invited to that, and so I'm looking at the dates, and it lasts till like the nineteenth of February, and uh, my son's birthday is on the seventeenth. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I was like, hey, man, I'm, I'm not going to be coming to that this year, but I'll see you in spring training. He was like, oh, that's good. You know, the guy that sends out all the invites and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so uh, spring training for me starts on March 1st. I would leave, you know, a day or two, last day or two of February. Um, we find out what team we're going to late March, like the 25th, 26th-ish of March. And then we leave, I think it's four days after that. And then we have like four more days until we still play our first game. Hmm. So And – Correct me if I'm wrong. Just about all 
major well uh, most of the minor league guys get invited to the major league spring training correct uh it's about half and half about half and half about half and half yeah that's two weeks before okay so it's about half and half that's pitcher catcher report okay date. that's when that's when about half and half and, in, and it's usually like triple a guys who are on the bump mm-hmm. of going to the minor or to the major league so and, and obviously you know your first round guys the 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 guys that I don't want to say or, or better or anything like that, but um, probably on a faster track for sure. uh, up to the majors. For sure. Um, That's like the guy in my draft. He was our first rounder from Stanford, already made it to the big leagues. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's yeah. going for sure. Right. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. So, but, but I guess what I'm, what I'm asking is, is, you know, based off of your progression and mm-hmm. you, you had a great season, you know, like I said, 54 strikeouts, 2.59 earn run average you know that that's that's pretty stout mm-hmm. uh, what looks like to be the path for you to eventually get to that triple a level to where you could could get that call up see for everybody the track is different so i was the let's see i, was, I ended in high in myrtle beach um the only other person in my draft class that was there was a first baseman i was the only pitcher out of my draft class that made it there hmm. Everybody else was still in South Bend. Um, I was sitting in South Bend for four weeks like, what's going on? But you have to just give it to God because it's up to them. It's a Mm -hmm. business. So you have to respect their wishes. Sure. So to answer that, I I mean, it's just it's up to them and I have to play their game. Right. So, I mean, like you can look back and say, you know, I moved two levels in one year last year. But that's not to say that I'd move two levels in one year next year. Like I might. Start in double A and be there my whole the whole time, mm-hmm. and you just gotta you just gotta take it with a grain of salt. Everything they say, I mean, you'd like to hope for better, and sometimes that doesn't happen. But you just gotta give it to God and trust them because you have to play their game at the end of the day. Sure, so. and, and you know, hey, the the percentages at, at every level that you're moving up. Oh, it's crazy. The the percentages <laughs> of people who who are yeah. getting these opportunities is mm-hmm. getting smaller and smaller and smaller. So. You know, to me, um, you know, just being able to have this opportunity and, and to be able to uh, have this gift and, and to be able to give it back to kids like you are now mm-hmm. and to take some of the things that Coach Floyd, Coach Braga, and some of the other coaches that, that you've been around and, and give it back to these young kids because at this point right now, dude, you're a rock star in this area. I mean, it, it, you mentioned Ethan Roberts to a bunch of kids that are around here. Their eyes light up, and they know exactly who you mm-hmm. are. Whether they've shook your hand or not, they know, you know, this guy. Th- this guy's a pitcher. He's from right down the road, and, mm-hmm. and if he can do it, so can I. That's right. So, you know, to me, uh, no matter what type of success is in the future, whether it's – Hey, you're going to go camp out in Knoxville uh, next year yeah. and and kill it. But hey, you know the example that you said, and, and I think you're absolutely right. You got to give it to God, and and you know everything's on His watch for sure. The the patience uh, that we have doesn't always equivalent to His timeline. That's right. So, um, you know, just being able to do that, um, I, I I really you know I hope that I can say hey. I know a kid from Sparta who's 
you know, on the bump in Wrigley. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that that's, yeah. that's, that's what I want to be able to say, but, uh, you know, I work with his mother-in-law and, yeah. <laughs> and sister-in-law. So, but, um, I, I, I encourage you, you know, to, to continue to do what you're doing. And, and um, you know, I hope that, um, we're going to see a whole lot more because you are a success story. You, you, you are already, you know, somebody who's, you know, hit a bunch of people's radar in a very positive way. For so, sure. uh, I appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it. You've been listening to inside the coach's headset with your host. I am Amos Rogan, uh, right here on ucsportsnation.com. We are brought to you by Tony Smith, your shelter insurance agent. Go see Tony at 528-7079 or go see Tony at 425 East Broad Street in Cookville for all your insurance needs. Thank you all so much. If you like what you're hearing, please share it. Let everybody know what we're doing. And we will talk to you next time. Inside the Coach's Headset, presented by Tony Smith, your hometown shelter insurance agent. Call Tony at 528-7079. 528-7079. The X's and O's of coaching from the Upper Cumberland's best as we go inside the Coach's Headset.